Come on. Well, I'm left with this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful David Carpenter. David, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do this. Thanks for having me on. Well, excited to have you on. David is the CEO of Gameiotics. They are the only software for live entertainment that connects audiences and content with zero hassles. David, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Um, well, I am a 22 years uh, entertainment industry veteran. Veteran. Uh, I have worked mostly in Broadway and off Broadway for most of my career. Um, uh, it, uh, and on the on the personal side, which is which is important to this conversation, is that I'm an avid video and board gamer. Get any type of gaming that I can get my hands on, and always have been. And working in uh, the theatrical industry and working on Broadway for a long time is that that was always an outside passion and hobby of mine um and for for years I and mean, ever since i was i was you know seven years old and we got you know the first pc platform where i could start playing video games on and there was a moment uh about six seven years ago where i saw where i was i saw something about the gamification of the live event space right and it was originally certainly within within theatrical. And I thought, gosh, that's that's something I've never seen before. And boy, I, I think I want to I think I want to dig into that and, and figure out what this is. And I think a lot of times um, in technology is that you have that kind of 40 year desert period when you have that idea and you start playing around with it. But you just have no idea what to do with it. And I went through that for about for about four or five years uh, when I was in the very early stages of developing gameotics is. Because there wasn't a there wasn't really an application for it that I could find, right? Or or could find a way to make it, you know, into a scalable software company. And so it was always a side project. Um, and then it turned into a not side project about two and a half years ago. And that's really where, where things started taking off for me. Nice. Uh, which obviously coincides with the start of the pandemic. So this is um one of one of those stories where trapped inside the house for two years led to an enormous amount of innovation on my end. Yeah, I imagine that hastened things a little bit. What what were you doing with uh, Broadway off off and on? Yeah, so I worked um, I worked in general management. I worked in sales and marketing for many years. Uh, I worked uh, at a production company. I ran a production company for about five years for somebody else, and then I had my own production company for five years. Um, and in that, I I produced I co produced on Broadway. Um, uh, I was a lead producer on Broadway, um, of a experiential show called Slava's Snow Show. Uh, that was back in the winter of 2019. And that, and I'd also been the, I've been the producer of an off-Broadway show called Puffs, which is a parody of the Harry Potter universe, which is now, um, the second most produced show in the, in the U.S. I don't produce it anymore, but it's licensed by every high school and college you can imagine. Um, and the, the, the type of entertainment that I found myself drawn towards and producing was not traditional musicals, was not traditional plays. It was this other idea of experiential and interactive entertainment that I really started falling in love with. And experiential entertainment is the fastest growing sector of live entertainment right now. And I just felt that it was missing a technological component in order to be able to draw audiences deeper into what it is they're doing. I, I mean, when you when you play a video game, right? 
you are, you, you know, it's a solo experience that you're engaged with the content and you're taking actions and you're making choices. And I, and I, and that's, you know, with, with what I do at Gameotics is saying, how do we do that idea on the, on, in live entertainment, in a live space um, for a collective audience, right? And that, that was kind of the first big thing I was after with, with what Gameotics. And then during, of course, the pandemic, it morphed into so much more. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. So you mentioned, I, th- I think the term you used was experiential entertainment. It's it's an industry. It's like a hundred billion dollar industry. Yeah. How does that segment? Is, is it different from the metaverse? Is it the same thing? Well, it's the it's the it's the idea that that the consumer's entertainment is not passive, right? I mean, when you are watch at home watching Netflix, when you are watching a movie, um, when you're watching a play or a musical, you are your your role in the experiences as audience member is to is to take in and absorb, right? And and that is the extent of what your role is. You're not asked to do anything else other than other than watch, right? When you look at experiential, the role of the audience changes, right? In that they're no longer being asked to simply be a passive art, uh, a participant, but to have a place and to have a stake and to have an idea. So when you, you know, one of the, some of the best uh, ones out in the marketplace, there's a, a very um, uh, uh, a famous company called Meow Wolf, which does these amazing um, installations that are just like these beautiful story worlds that they, that they've crafted. Uh, they started in Arizona. They were originally funded by George R. R. Martin, right. From Game of Thrones. And they've created these just wonderlands, right? Like Disneyland is experiential entertainment. Everywhere you go, everywhere you're looking at is something to interact with, right? And so that started, I want to say, you know, in a significant way in the amusement uh, park space. And it is now just kind of moving further into just places where we intersect with consumers. And so you see a lot of installations, you see a lot of of VR and AR and light shows and things that are happening, you know, around the world. And that's kind of, that's what is all fueling the experiential entertainment marketplace. Got it. Nice. So with, with Gameotics, what, I mean, when, when I'm thinking about how am I going to deploy this, this technology that I've created, it could be everywhere. How do you decide? How do you so, think about that? Well, the, the, so Gameonics is a platform, right? I mean, what the, what the software company, it's a, it's a B2B company, right? We're, we, are, we are selling a platform that is, that is allowing for a different type of experiential entertainment um, um, or to come into the marketplace. And so, so the, the difference with what I am doing is that, is that Gameonics, it's a, it's a two-way communication device, right? Like between the audience and between the content. So, you know, the... You want to, the 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 wand at Harry Potter World at Universal Studios, right? Is a is is a beautifully crafted thing because they buried an RFID chip inside this very expensive piece of plastic, and it allows you to go around the park and wave the wand over things and have an interaction, right? It becomes interactive, right? But that communication is only one way. It's like I wave the wand, the thing happens, and then that conversation is done. And what I've been after is, what if you're able to establish a conversation where the 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 choices that the patron or the collective audience is making it can be down to the individual level or you know as, or as many people as you want that their choices are actually having a consequence and having a reaction and then that reaction has another reaction and then more choice and a different set of choices come forward and so you're able to create this idea of this this branching narrative idea like I mean this is kind of where gameotics really began in that 
how you're informing the content changes the content as it's happening in front of you, right? And that's a very new idea within within this marketplace. I think the other thing has to do with just simply communication and audience engagement that that you're able to to very simply and easily with the software provide an ongoing conversation um, with your audience member that that is informative, that is gamified, right? That is giving them action and giving them stakes in this experience that they're having um, to allow for a different type of experience than we, than we normally do. And the, the other thing too, uh, for me is, and I, I am getting around to answering your question, right? But uh, the other thing too is, um, is taking the phone and turning it into a tool to unlock your entertainment device without having it to download an app, right? And that's really important to me because consumers are don't want to download apps for for something for something you know what we're proposing for our clients in live entertainment space. They want the the interface to be dispensable, right? So we made a very conscious decision from day one to to dive into mobile web and do it completely mobile, and we're finding a huge success with that because because the consumer don't want to think that I'm tracking every single thing they're doing and I now have access to their phone. And there is a there is a trust implicit if they're opening a web browser that when they close that web browser, they've cut off that communication, right? And so for, for Gameotics, it's about agency. It's about putting that power, putting that choice into the consumer's hands. So who we're selling to is certainly within the experiential entertainment. Um, I am a partner in a, a live action uh, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons style gaming event show, right? Where the audience is using gameotics to interact, but there's all sorts of, of um, um, uh, game mechanics that exist within that show. But where this starts getting you know, even more exciting for me is when we look at traditional spaces, right? When you look at the museum space and say, hey, you can do a linear audio guided tour where the where the information is being fed on a stream, right? And you're going from point A to point B to point C and learning something. Or you can flip that conversation on its head and say, well, which room do you want to go to and what do you want to learn? And then have that information communicated back to you. And then that choice then determines where you go next. And suddenly you've taken the idea of going into a museum or going into a space and turning it into an adventure and turning it into a game that I'm participating in in order to learn in order to do something, right? And that's the thing that I'm, that's what we're really after with with what we're doing to software is that that gamifying the experience, right? But putting it into the audience's hands and saying, well, what do you wanna see and what do you wanna do today? And how can, and how can your choices make for a better experience here? And so it's a different level of how we craft narrative right? And how we craft the story that we're telling our audiences. Um, so, and then, you know, there are, there's applications for it, certainly within the sporting events, because you're at a game with people who want to watch a game, let's all play a game, right? And so I'm I'm in deep conversations with, with sporting teams about running pilot programs um, about how it is that you are continually engaging your fans, right? In the moments when the game's not happening. And that's, I think that's also, you know, uh, fun and exciting, to be able to do because one of the things that we're having so much trouble with is engagement with our fans and engagement with our audiences because the minute that they we lose their attention they go off onto another facebook or instagram or you know or snap or whatever it is that they're doing and i'm saying hey if they're if they're on their phone harness the power of that phone to engage with them right and use it in a way that that they're not going to go off elsewhere but they're going to stay in your in your conversation that you're having with them
Yeah. <clears throat> so essentially, the sky's the limit. It can. There's use cases. That's what for, I hate for... saying that, right? Because like I'm a startup, so you can't say that. But um, uh, but there's a lot of places where we where we interact with our consumers, right? I mean, there's a lot of spaces where we do that. I mean, I was a uh, I was uh, you know talking on another podcast where this concept of gamification is really getting deep into our lives now. And like my Apple Watch, which I'm wearing right now. Like I have the exercise thing turned on and I close rings every day and I get that weird serotonin thing of being like, oh, I closed a ring. And that's a game, right? Like mm -hmm. there is a goal, there is an objective and there is an endpoint to it. Right. And 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 it's and it's so this this concept and this idea of engagement um, uh, is something that I think we're just going to see more and more on. Right. And also because consumers, especially within the youngest generation of consumers, they they're they are moving away from passive entertainment. Right. Like they are, there there will always be a place I think for the for the things uh, the traditional things that 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 we love in terms of movies in terms of television and film and even theater but we're the, but always that next generation comes up and says I want more I want something different I want something more engaged right and I also think that that for me this concept of agency of of experience is really important because I feel we're uh, we are in a place in our lives um, where we question how much choice we actually have right i mean like in terms of in terms of the entertainment we're being fed in terms of the news we're being fed it turns out and, and and there's a constant fight for consumer intention attention but i think what we're finding that is the most successful is when you're able to give your audience the choice and let them have the power to choose then they become a more valuable customer yeah that that, that, that makes a ton of sense so I'm 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 listening. My company, I, I I interact with people. I I I have events. I have employees. I'm a school. Is there a certain size that that I have to be to engage with gameiotics? No, because we do. We're we we're we're looking at this and doing this all the way down from the single user experience, like where you were able to like do like what I said, which is a museum walkthrough and, and gain the, the idea is that the platform has the ability to transform the museum space into an escape room, right. Without having to build an escape room is that you're able to gamify and engage, right. And send a user through um, uh, to go on an adventure all the way up to the arena size. Right. So that we're, so that you're looking at, um, you look at, at the music industry, there's been some, some early indications and I, I've seen where, they're trying what, what what they call it is they call crowdsourcing the playlist, right? Where you have these bands that have so many songs and so many hit songs, like what do they what do people want to play? And as opposed to saying, all right, this is going to be our set list, actually asking their fans and saying, what do you want to hear tonight? Like, what are the things that you want to do? And so you can look at you look at that that idea of of simple polling, right? But what my software what my software allows for is is really easy access for the audience to be able to do that engage get in and you just to start feeding them questions right and start feeding them and in and, and engaging them as a community in the conversation you're having about this thing the thing that they love and so you know yes of course guys the limit in terms of in terms of it's really where there's any in the live entertainment, the live event arena, anytime that you have a gathering where you're putting people together and you're asking them to pay attention to content, is that finding that intersection of saying, I'm asking them to pay attention to content, but what else am I asking them? How else am I asking them to engage not only with, with, with us, but also with each other? Right. And so that's this, that's the things that we're experimenting and starting to build with right now. So um I have a the other thing that that we've been able to do, and this is a, this is like 
goes sideways in this conversation, right? In terms of what the software can do is that because the software is so accessible, right? And it's so and it's so easy to use and and it's not dependent on an app download, it's you know, Wi-Fi or or cell service, we can and we're feeding information to the phone in real time. Um, we're launching a, a program with Purdue University, who we work with in the fall, about doing closed captioning in their theater space, right? And there is the the hmm. the the question of accessibility, right, within the live event space to be able to draw more people and more types of people because you have this other way to be able to communicate with them. I mean, one of the challenges in the accessibility space is, especially within live event, is like, okay, we'll we'll do our 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 hearing performance and we'll hire an ASL and we'll advertise it. But out of the 20 performance you have, just one is designated for that audience. And what we're experimenting with Purdue right now is saying, is saying, what if every one of your performances were accessible? What if, what if someone who's hearing impaired who wanted to close caption from their seat, right? Wanted to come to any show that you were doing as opposed to the designated show. And so that's what we're running with Purdue right now. Um, we start that in the fall, uh, just start testing that idea to see what their consumer adoption is going to be make sure that you know everything's rolling and that there were the software's working the way that 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 they want it to to and then and then seeing where that where that goes and we're you know we're building in multilingual capabilities so that if you want to take this idea and it's the idea of taking closed captioning like which you can do on Netflix right now i could we could all watch squid game right whether we you know and and watch squid game in subtitles and saying well gosh there is live audio translation, but if you have scripted performance, why aren't you delivering that script in multiple languages and also to the hearing impaired, right? And so that's something that we're chasing right now within, within that space too. So yeah, it's that, it, it, again, at the heart of it, it's providing a technological solution for communicating with your audience using the tool that's in their pocket, right? And that's the thing that we're really after, you know, with the software company now. Exciting. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what what has been the well I, I guess what's 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 the hardest thing for you is it getting awareness and attention it's having the conversations it's the technology um so even in in 2022 right there is this um this just abiding opinion that technology doesn't work right and when you're working in the live space the the things need to work. The lights need to work. The sound needs to work. Like all the things things need to work. And you, of course, you have decades of of control systems that have been built that have been tested. And you know, every once in a while, you know, I've been at shows where the whole system collapses and they have to reboot. I mean, we see this, but like for the most part, you know, you're for live entertainment, you're looking at stability, right? I mean, you know, Netflix, I think it, you know, works because their platform works. Right? Whenever I go to Netflix, it turns on, right? I mean, that's what we look for in technology. But when you're introducing these ideas into that space that that early adoption is really tough because there is just an inherent belief of like, oh, I've seen people trying to not quite like mine, but I've seen people trying to do this for and the technology in the works, right? And so for me, I realized that, you know, about a year ago saying, gosh, I can tell people that it's going to work, but to get them to invest the time and the energy to money to use my platform to build the thing that they want to build, um, that's a that's a tough hill to climb, right? So I built another company. I built an entertainment company where, you know, where, like I said, Gaming Onyx is a partner of this experience that is very, very successful now, right? That is really taking off. And part of the motivation on my part was I need a place. I need a showcase 
to show people that this is working and selling tickets and everyone's, you know, and, and this thing is happening, right? So I think that that's part of the the main issue, I think, in, in, the, in, in what I'm dealing with is just learning how to overcome those early adoption hurdles. And then there's also no one believes you until they have the tactile experience, hmm. right? And so that the, so we're figuring out how we can get a better demo system that doesn't require people coming to see one of these other performances in the shows, but figuring out how to say, no, this, this really does work. And let me show you and let me show how it does. And that, and that, you know, the, the, we've been through a lot of different types of demos and we're still fine tuning it in order to say, Hey, this just works, right? Like it's a stable platform. We've had no problems with it. It, it, it simply works, but it's tough. I mean, it's tough. It's tough when you're, when I think that would, you know, adopt early adoption for a, for a startup B2B is one of the single biggest challenges, like get those or get those early customers and then, and then marry them. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, David, the people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? Um, you know, for me, um, having 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 done this for a long for a long long time now, certainly working in entertainment for over two decades, and then moving into technology and startup, I'm obviously moving into it from my home base, which is the entertainment industry. Is was really just put down, put your head down, and let the and let and let the work do the talking. Right. Let the work that you're putting in to do the talking, because I am a very good salesman. But I what I realized at the end of the day is that the that if I just put in the work, if I just trust the work that I'm doing, that's ultimately what's going to sell this at the end of the day, even through all the ups and the up and downs. So you just have to trust the work and trust that the hard work you're putting into it is going to is going to have that payoff for you, even and even in this sense of I've been at this for about six, seven years now. Um, in a lot of different variations, which is that adaptability, right? That adaptability saying, oh, the software is doing something that I didn't expect it to do. And just chasing down that that rabbit hole for a while and seeing what happens has ended up being a really big boom. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on, David. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with Gameotics? Sure. So our website is gameotics.com. Um, you can uh, check out our videos and look what we're doing. We're, we are going to be doing a new software release uh, at the beginning of October right now that actually moves us into a consumer release where anyone can license the software and start playing with it for themselves. Um, the 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 my main that's a that's our soft product launch for the software platform. We're doing a big product launch for the live entertainment product called uh, the Twenty Sided Tavern, um, which is the uh, which is the live action D and D style show. And you can find out uh, more about the Twenty Sided Tavern uh, at the Twenty Sided Tavern dot com. Um, and that's where you see this this marrying of the technology and content. So those are the places to follow us. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show David your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to gameiotics.com. That's G-A-M-I-O-T-I-C-S.com. And then on the site, you'll also find um, the links to that 20-sided tavern um, as well. And definitely encourage you to check it out because it is an absolute unique uh, a unique thing that David is working on and moving forward. Thanks again, David. Thanks so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.